0: We always enjoy our conversations with journalists of the Tribune Democrat, and uh, uh, it's always great to talk to our friend Mike Mastovich, Sports Department of the Tribune Democrat.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Bo. I appreciate it.
0: This is uh, baseball season. We're right in the midst of it, and there's some great things going on locally, isn't there?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, thing, things are heating up in the major leagues. The All-Star Game was last week, but uh, locally we got a lot going on between uh, the two uh collegiate baseball leagues that we have in the city of johnstown fortunate to have so much uh baseball and great opportunities to to see the kids from the local area and the region uh, participate and compete at a a very high level yeah uh,
0: no that's that's wonderful stuff and of course you know with 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 the tournament uh, uh coming up very soon uh you know to me it's it's as a young kid you know, playing in that tournament in front of home folks just has to be one of the biggest thrills of, of any of these kids' lives. And just to have that opportunity, boy, that's that's great incentive, isn't it?
1: Yeah, the ABA tournament uh, has been around. This will be the 76th tournament. And, uh, obviously, last year, uh, no tournament because of COVID-19. So it's really the 77th year mm-hmm and uh everybody's gearing up everybody's anxious uh, excited to to see the tournament come back after that year off and we had talked the last time i was on your show about a month ago just how important it was uh the organizers said to get this tournament back this year because they felt if they didn't have it a second straight year it really would be in trouble uh you know with the possibility of coming back next year would be really tough so i got to give the uh Triple ABA National Committee and, of course, the Johnstown Old Timers Baseball Association, which sponsors the tournament, uh, you've got to give them great props. They, uh, they came through adverse circumstances, came up with uh, ways to, you know, cut some expenses, raise some money, and uh, my column last week, uh, George Arcuri III of the Johnstown Old Timers talked about how the business community and the sponsorship in the community of Johnstown and the surrounding regions, uh, Cambria County, Blair County, Somerset County, he said it's just been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. They were uh, when I talked to him last week. They were already close to four thousand advance sales for opening night tickets, wow. and uh, he gave me in my story. He said they had one hundred thirty-five ads sold for their the program book that they do every year, which uh, you know that's that's a huge thing for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, he talked about um, one of the gentlemen uh, who's in the uh, AAA Sports Hall, or Hall of Fame. Uh, annually sponsors the players' banquet. They said that person, I don't know if that person wants to name publicly or not, but mm-hmm. that person came through with uh, the the big donation to hold that banquet for the players again uh, mm-hmm. within the last week or two. So just uh, things things are rolling along on that end. And of course, locally with the Johnstown Collegiate Baseball League, that's the league that produces the two Johnstown representatives each year in the AAA tournament. They're rolling along with the semifinal round of the playoffs there's four teams in that uh best of five series and uh regular season champion paul carpenter capital advisors um had won uh its first two games of its series with O. and uh the uh smith transport the third seed and Martellus pharmacy the second seed had split their first two games and uh that that series rolling along so uh, a lot of great baseball there and the league also a lot happening with the Johnstown collegiate baseball league they announced the award winners for this season um, on uh, Sunday, this past uh, Sunday. And uh, they gave out their awards. And uh, the Dr. Robert Hartnett Most Valuable Player Award went to Sam Cantacos of Paul Carpenter Capital Advisors. He's a catcher and phenomenal hitter. He also uh, won the Denny Altimore Batting Title Award. Cantacos had a four seventy four batting average. So you have that. And then wow. the Pete Vukovic Award goes to the top pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a pitcher named Ben Mangaluzzo of Paul Carpenter Capital Advisors took that award with five wins. And they have the uh, Ken Horaho Award, which is named after the former Tribune Democrat sports writer. Mm-hmm. That goes to the uh, top first-year position player. There was a tie there with Joe Olsavsky of Smith Transport, a shortstop, and Jared Dowie of Martell's Pharmacy, a center fielder. And the last award was, uh, is the Bill Jenkins Award which is named after the former uh, Johnston Junior League manager, Bill Jenkins. It goes to the first-year pitcher, the top first-year pitcher, and Garrett Starr of Smith Transport won that award. So that those that are the main awards uh, for that league, and uh, as we said, the playoffs are rolling along. So uh, exciting time as we approach the August 2nd date for the AAA tournament opening night.
0: How awesome is that? Mike, how's the quality of baseball been from impact of COVID? You know, is that... Been an issue at all?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. The the quality uh, is there uh, in both leagues. uh, I've seen improvement as the year went on as well. Now, the the one way it affected the the Johnston Collegiate League uh, last year with COVID, a lot of leagues throughout the country didn't play, and uh, some of the uh, Division One coaches that typically tell their players go to this league or go to that league, that didn't happen as much. So. Last year in the local league, guys like Adam Cesare of Wake Forest University, the Forest Hills kid, he played here instead of playing somewhere out of state. Mm. Uh, Grant Norris, the Somerset uh, player who is at Duke University, he played here, hit a ton of home runs mm-hmm. instead of playing somewhere else. Uh, there were several players like that uh, aren't back this year because with somewhat a return to normalcy, not quite the whole way, but... Uh, you know they, they were sent different places by their Division One coaches, so you don't have a couple of those marquee players like that. But um, what I've noticed is some of these uh, Division Two uh, top players from Seton Hill University, which made it to the Division Two College World Series, uh, Clarion University, of course, Pitt, Johnstown, uh, Division Three, Monalewis has a lot of representation, and. Uh, uh, Division one commit like uh, Brendan Bears on Martellus, so like there, there's, there's still a lot of uh, quality players, and uh, the managers have been around for a while, and and they just, uh, a lot of them stress that the fundamental baseball, and and you could just see uh, some good baseball being mm-hmm. played there uh, at Roxbury Park and uh, Sergeant Stadium at the point.
0: And as you uh, touched upon briefly, uh, we're just a few weeks away from the Triple ABA tournament i am interested mike in some of the teams that will be uh uh, coming here i know uh for instance that uh two teams fielded from eltoona right
1: yes uh there's some uh some good news bad news in that area and one of the things is something we talked about last time which was probably expected but there was some hope uh the triple aba national franchise committee added two new franchises last year Mm mm-hmm um one is based in Winston Salem, North Carolina. We can talk about them in a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. they're creating a stir uh,
0: viral oh, yeah. stir <laughs> a great name, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the disco turkeys <laughs> so uh,
1: they're they're still coming, and uh, they're excited. I talked to uh, via Twitter. I talked to one of uh, their head reps uh, last week. He saw my story and he he said how excited they are to come here and uh, uh, but the other team, the Canadian team based in Ottawa, Canada. Mm-hmm. The capital city reds as we feared with covid uh in canada right now the covid situation is um i, I guess you know not great uh even even relatively compared to ours yeah. and uh there's an advisory not to travel across the u.s canada border unless it's absolutely necessary so their league made the decision to you know stay in canada this year and uh they they indicated they're excited to get here next year but this was something that was kind of expected and then uh partially COVID-related, but John Austin and the AAA uh, franchise committee also said that they're dealing with some other issues. The New York City franchise, which has been around for quite a while, uh, they will not be able to make it this year. Mm-hmm. So when those two teams dropped out, that created two openings, obviously. So uh, Altoona will bring two teams to the tournament, and Brooklyn will bring two teams to the tournament, mm-hmm. as well as the host, Johnstown City, will have two teams. So they were hoping to get away from having more franchises that have two teams they yeah. were hoping to just have the johnstown with two representatives but um circumstances uh yeah. covid just uh keeps hanging on and uh, creating uh people have to adjust to the covid uh you know every, every year now right the last two years so yeah you so, know but uh they, you got to give them credit for uh, every time they get hit with one of these punches uh they they keep finding a way to you know counter it and come back and uh no. the tournament
0: going now the committee's doing a great job of thinking on their feet and uh you know you have to adapt we've had to adapt to a whole lot of things but i don't know if uh this region is going to be able to adapt to a team being called the disco turkeys coming in here though you yeah know? i
1: mean yeah that uh, the winston-salem team they created a stir i mean they uh, back when it first uh, when they first named the team uh this gentleman who keeps in touch with me from down there uh told me that they they produce all their shirts t-shirts and hats and everything locally and he said that uh... they just couldn't keep up and then uh... some of the national sports uh... i remember fox i remember espn like there were different stories on them and their logo their logos uh like a a turkey, and it's dressed like John Travolta in the white disco (laughs) suit with his finger pointed in the air like Travolta's classic Saturday Night Fever pose uh, for the older generation (laughs) will remember that movie. Of course. So, like, it created a stir, and uh, they do do a great job on social media. They're always doing something. Last week, for instance, they got all kinds of uh, play in social media and and that because they borrowed from uh, the Chicago White Sox of the mid-'70s they were the last major league team to play games while wearing short, mm-hmm. short pants. Mm-hmm. And so the Disco Turkeys posted a bunch of pictures on social media and said, hey, this is what we're going to be wearing Saturday. And they had some guy, uh, one of their players had a little bit longer hair than like, a normal player, so he looked like he was out of the 70s. <laughs> he was making some pose with his hand while he was throwing the ball. He was like trying to look cool or something. Oh, but it was great. just funny, and, and he was wearing shorts, and that's what they did this weekend. So uh-huh. they're always coming up with uh, – with something creative, and the, and the good part of it is from everything I see on social media, they've got a pretty good baseball team, too, so it's not just all flash,
0: yeah. Oh, but the great marketing, yeah. I mean, that's that's so awesome that they've created such a buzz with that name and that idea really, really some interesting, interesting stuff. And Mike, it's been great, uh, seeing the point being used. Uh, you know, I was just down uh, Saturday and uh, seeing the Mill Rats with their first season here. I think there's a misunderstanding, people thinking that that is a professional team.
1: It is another collegiate wooden bat league with the same ages as uh, Johnstown Collegiate League. Mm -hmm. It's a a little bit different, uh, whereas the Collegiate League in Johnstown has five teams with local sponsors, and they bring players from the city and the region and colleges in Western PA and beyond, whereas uh, this the prospect league that the Johnstown Millrats play in is a uh, big uh, league that covers much of uh, the country here in, in the uh, East and the Midwest and, you know, teams all over the place. Uh, you know, you're traveling hours to, you know, on road trips and, and things mm-hmm. like that. So in that regard, it is like a, a, a pro league where you're traveling and you have series against different teams in different cities and all that. But it is the same kind of amateur league. And, uh, So, so it's it's college baseball, and they have, uh, you know, a lot of uh, the Millers have a lot of Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference players, just like the uh, Johnstown Collegiate League, and uh, they also have some players from uh, Tennessee and, uh, you know, all over the the Mm -hmm. country. So, uh, so it's pretty neat to have you know, such a wide variety of players using the the Point Stadium uh, throughout the week. Uh you know, if if the Mill Rats are on the road then the Johnson Collegiate League is in there.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh if the Millrats are at home, Johnson Collegiate League for the most part's playing over Roxbury. They've had a, a few games at um the beautiful new uh Forest Hills playing surface, right. uh, Forest Hills High School. So yeah, the the Millrats um started out uh manager Parker Lynn's team started out um I guess learning experience but uh the Millrats took their lumps early uh, in the season and uh, were seven and 22. But something that's uh, neat about the Prospect League, I guess, uh, they they call it a reboot. Mm-hmm. They have a first half and a second half. And when they were seven and 22, they rebooted the season for the whole league, mm-hmm. and, and then. Uh, they have a first-half champion, which ironically was named Champion City. Mm-hmm. And then the second half started, and the Mill kind of caught fire with the second half. And I remember talking to Parker Lynn right before the second half, and he said they were using that as motivation. Hey, first half went the way it went, not the way we wanted, but now it's second half. And if you win the second half, you're in the playoffs against the team that won the first half. Mm. And if the same team wins both halves, uh, I think, believe I, I i wrote this but i'd have to go back and look but i believe the team that was second place yeah. in the second half would also be in the playoffs uh, if the same team champion city wins both and uh so so there's like uh you know a new new optimism and yeah. then wouldn't you know it they kind of caught fire they, they had a nice winning they lost the first two games in the second half uh double header on july 2nd the fireworks night and i thought oh boy these, this team's in trouble second half started and they're still losing but they made a couple moves over that weekend to help their relief pitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offense really picked up, and they went on a roll, uh, won six straight games. And, and now in the second half, the Mill Rats are 9-5 and five in the second half atop to the standings in their division. And, uh, you know, they're only 16-27 and 27 overall, but right now, uh, you know, they're contending for a playoff spot.
0: Wow, how cool is so, that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Mike Masovich, Tribune Democrat, joining us. Mike, we got the fall sports coming up. We always look forward to high school football within this region. Um, Anything we have uh, to look forward to as as we look, uh, uh, you know, here we are, end of July? I mean, it's hard to believe. But is there anything that we have uh, to look forward to here in the fall? Yeah, they
1: um – First off, everybody's looking forward to hopefully, um, you know, hopefully this new variant and, and what are they call it, the fourth wave mm-hmm. of uh, COVID 19 isn't too uh, devastating here. But everybody's hoping to get some kind of normalcy after yeah. the way things went you know, over the last year and a half and all the uncertainty last fall during football season. So that's one thing. And then uh, there's a lot of, uh, we talked about this the last time I was on, a lot of jockeying, changing uh, down the road in the future of teams going to different conferences just because of, uh, you know, a few different things are happening. And yeah. uh, so right. we're going to have a whole different landscape in 2022 with football conferences.
0: I have to mention as, as someone who lives in Winbur knowing some people that just love Winbur football, finding out that uh, Portage is leaving that conference, that was uh, devastating to a lot of schools around that region. Yeah, Portage,
1: uh, they're being proactive. They saw a few things happening uh, in the Westpac, and they uh, applied and uh, were accepted by the Heritage Conference. They'll play one final Westpac season, and then they'll go to Heritage in uh, next in the next academic year.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, the rest of the uh, Westpac has been trying to uh, be proactive because, uh, you know, with Shade, um, now joined a co-op with Connemouth Township. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're losing Portage the year after. And then Conemaugh Valley and Ferndale formed a co-op. So that is another team, one less team. Yeah. So people kind of see the writing on the wall. So as we, we talked the last time I was on, uh, right. uh, I mentioned how Craig Gandelsberger of Myersdale, their athletic director, talked about the uh, potential of uh, the Westpac applying as a, uh, a group of Westpac teams, applying to the Intercounty county Conference, which is... Uh, you know includes like teams like uh, Northern Bedford, Tyrone, Juliana Valley you know, those teams uh, mm-hmm. a lot of quite quite a bit distance away from here right so that's right. you know that's one scenario and uh, you know everybody's wondering who's gonna be in that block like people are talking about you know Myers L Berlin and you know all, all those teams down Somerset County and uh, you know there's talk about where Wimber. Is, you know Wimber's been mentioned in that group, Wimber's been mentioned. Uh, you know, Laurel Highlands, Heritage, everybody, nobody knows, uh, you know, exactly what's happening and nobody wants to talk about it on the record. Uh,
0: right.
1: So everybody's left to guess and keep saying things that may or may not be true. So
0: It's interesting, so, uh, Mike, because this really isn't a sports problem. It's more of a geographic problem. It's more of a population issue, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's something everybody's talked about for decades, um, which probably the bigger story probably is, uh, you know, the need to, Look at more co-ops, work consolidation. That's mm-hmm. something that it's a bad word around here. People don't want to consolidate. Um, but uh, you know, if you look, if you put two or three or four of these area schools together, you know, it would probably be something more like Altoona. You yeah,
0: know? absolutely. You know, and but, and and you know, you think about it. Just just a few years ago, there were more than five hundred school districts within the state of Pennsylvania, and you see that number like shrinking year to year with more of these school yeah. consolidations you know, without a doubt interesting yep. stuff mike mastovich tribune democrat a uh, couple more minutes with mike mike i gotta make a confession to you you might find this interesting that uh, pirate game of the weekend saturday the big nine run comeback in the last two innings uh just uh just an amazing game but i wonder if you can can relate uh to this the the, the pirates down six nothing obviously they come back score five runs in the eighth inning on that big uh, three run pinch hit homer come back the top of the ninth uh the, the mets uh hit a home run they go up two runs and there were some obnoxious mets fans out in the left field bleachers that were drowning out the pirate fans and they it was just it was just awful and uh, my family was just dejected and just thought, well, you know what? We've already been here nearly three hours, 45 minutes. This game's probably over. Let's go home. Boy, did we miss out on something big.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. What an ending to that game. Jacob Stallings' uh, Grand Slam home run to walk it off. Uh, historic. Uh, only a third time Grand Slam walk-off homer in the history of PNC Park. and
0: uh, Yeah. Uh, amazing stuff. I wonder how many people left even before we did. Like, who expects a team to come back being down 6 nothing? you know, <laughs> in, yeah. in the 8th inning? It's just remarkable. But uh, shame yeah. on me, you know, because my kids and my wife were in the car thinking, well, how are we going to explain this to people, you know, that we left this, you know, one of the most exciting games in PNC Park history. Should we make up some kind of lie and say that we <laughs> stayed home?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I i had a similar situation uh oh boy five or six maybe more years now as they seem to run together but i went down as a spectator with uh, with a another friend in newspaper uh for the pirates home opener and it was a uh probably somewhere around 2015 or somewhere in that area a beautiful day it was like 80 to pushing 90 degrees for that early in the year mm-hmm. and we spent most of the day just walking around walking around and stopping here to watch a few innings stopping there so we were tired you know legs were you know, tired and it was hot and you're sweating and the game went extra innings i can't remember how many uh, extra innings but it was several and then finally we said hey i'm dying here from the heat let's <laughs> let's make our way to the car and get out you know yeah. so we were driving out on the road and in the traffic and uh that was the famous game where I, I believe it was Neil Walker <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. in a walk off home run to win it, and then we said the same thing. Well, should we tell everybody we were there, or are we, <laughs> we going to fess up and say we were in the car when he hit it? You know, so I can uh, I can relate to what you're talking about there.
0: You know, but maybe this leads to an interesting point, Mike, about the fact that um, these games just seem to be so long. For as much as we love baseball, and I love baseball, um, but. My kids, for instance, you know, sitting in the same seat really for four plus hours—that's um, that's difficult for some people to do. You know, it's it, yeah, it just yeah. goes to show, you know, that they've made uh, attempts to try to shorten the game, but uh, I, I guess it's real difficult to do, huh?
1: Yeah, they've had uh, they've had attempts. Remember a few years back, they had that crazy clock that was timing yeah. uh, in between pitches, and they limit the mound visits now and uh just seems like uh between the time it takes in between innings and then every batter gets up and does that thing with his batting glove and mm-hmm. the pitchers take take forever <laughs> yeah. so yeah it does uh does kind of drag on uh you know somebody that doesn't you know just a casual fan that would be pretty annoying it's it's tough enough for the people that are diehard fans yeah. but uh it's something they've tried to address uh, they know it's there and uh Hopefully uh, they could get it to speed up. uh, Like, uh, I I remember seeing a game, goodness, dating myself here, but the the pitchers were, uh, uh, I think it was Rick Russell and Fernando Valenzuela Mm -hmm. at uh, Three Rivers, and the game was over in like an hour and 45 minutes. Nobody (laughs) (laughs) can't even imagine that now. (laughs) Wow.
0: Yeah, well. Had I only been a little more patient and waited fifteen twenty minutes, yeah. you know. But I have a great story to tell for many years. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, there's a famous story locally like that, and uh, Joe Sherman uh, of New Orleans and uh, the late Forrest Mazie used to tell it. Uh, that it involved the ABA tournament, and um, I believe it was 1984, possibly '85, but uh, it was in the mid '80s. And John Stein was playing New Orleans at the point with the you know the old dimensions and. Uh, New Orleans had a huge lead Randy Maizey was playing that mm-hmm. uh for the Johnstown team and uh the the place you know those days they would get 10,000 people on opening night it was a much bigger stadium mm-hmm. and the place was starting to empty out I, I don't think this was opening night but it still was a huge crowd and uh the story goes New Orleans had a huge lead the place started emptying out and uh, and then the late innings, Johnston started doing like what you were talking about, the Pirates game on Saturday, chip away and then chip away and chip away. And next thing, uh, you know, people were fighting to get back in the stadium. <laughs> Joe Sherman tells the story great. Like he was saying that people were banging the, on the, the, the seats Were like the metal steel uh, was a walkway and people started in unison like putting their foot boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And he said it was just electric. And, then, you know, when you talk to Forrest Baze before he passed and uh, – Randy Mazie and the other guys that were on that team. And I remember a guy named John Polinski kept fouling the ball off. And if he would have hit it off the screen, that would have drove in the winning run. And he was missing by like a couple feet. He mm. hitting the screen foul. And and then uh, New Orleans got the last out and won the game. <laughs> oh, wow. But uh But that, that famous story is all these people left, and then like it was <laughs> on the radio, and people were hearing it, and the people were coming back into the stadium, and uh, it was kind of chaotic, but that's a
0: similar story. <laughs> Lesson learned, always stay till the last out. You just never know. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, if people yep. want to reach out to you, if they have a, a great story to tell, what would you advise?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, my email is uh, it's first initial, last name, so it's M Mastovich at Mm tribdem.com and uh you know on twitter i'm at nasty 81 so uh those are two two ways to to reach out to me
0: there there's some good stuff coming up look forward to our next conversation mike mastovich sports department tribune democrat hey thanks so much for your time today mike
1: all right thanks bo i appreciate it take care now